Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Today I'm going to talk about a guy who is filled with the Holy Spirit and power. His name is Stephen. And I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, just bring people in this room who you want to prepare to be Stevens. I don't know what that means. Maybe you don't feel like Stephen today. That's okay. We're going to be on a journey to go there. And I uh, just want to open up the word and let's talk, talk a little bit about what, he, what he's written for us. Right where you are, just, would you just invite the Lord just to speak to you? What do you need from him? Just tell him, tell him your heart. Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes just to really see you today. Open our hearts to deeply experience you. And we just ask you, Lord, um, that, that you would move this church and us as a people in whatever direction you want us to go. Lord, I pray for the one in the room who's come in just feeling down or like wounded, like feeling that you're far off. Lord, I pray that they would experience your nearness here today because you're very near. And Lord, I pray that you would take us down the road trusting that you're near. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go. We ready for today? Come on, I'm ready for today. Let's go. So, uh, you know, I don't really quite know how to s start this today, but uh, I, got a, I got a lot on my heart. I believe the Lord is like really impressed for me to share. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon the early church in power. And the Holy Spirit shows up uh, in Acts chapter two, but I want to fast forward for a second. Because I don't know about you, but Sometimes I feel like I've believed that when the Holy Spirit comes, there's not going to be problems or issues. You know what I mean? And if there's problems or issues, surely the Holy Spirit isn't present. But if you fast forward in the earliest days of the church, the Holy Spirit comes in power upon all of these people. And then we get to like chapters five and six. And I want to read you a verse that I think is just awesome. And I pray it brings insight. Verse, chapter 6, verse 1. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. There was like, that means there was like murmur, there was talk of like people weren't happy. It's been from the earliest days of the church. And I, yeah, there's still a lot to say about this. Rumblings of discontentment. Why were they discontent? There was a little bit of racism actually going on because there was like a food bank. They were caring for everybody's needs. And there was one people group that raised up and said, hey, the guys who were like handing out the food, they're ignoring our widows and they're giving their widows from their people group all the food. There's not enough food to give to these people. So they're mad. The flesh is always present. I just want to remind us of that. The spirit is present and the flesh is present. 
just is. So if you've gone to churches before and you're like, man, those people are fake. Part of that's not all a lie. But what do we do about our discontentment? And I want to look at what the earliest church did about the discontentment within the, the body. Look at this, verse 2 through 7. So the 12 disciples summoned the full number of the disciples, like all the people of the church, they gathered them all together. And they said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. I got a called job to do, but I can't do it all, and I'm not going to. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation. I want to pause right there. Good reputation. How do you know that somebody is a good person? I literally read this article, and the people were talking about, like on Reddit and Twitter and all that, and they were talking about how to discern whether somebody is good. You want to know what they said? You can decide whether somebody is good by whether or not they put the shopping cart where it belongs. (laughs) It's literally what they said, because like, there's no fine, there's no trouble you're going to be in, it's like a test of your character of what you do with the shopping cart. I know some of y'all leave them in the, in the middle of the parking lot. I like watch people do it and I'm like, you jerk. You know, you're like, does anybody just leave? You want to admit, like, I just leave it. I don't even care. Next to my car, I leave it. Anybody? Come on, we got one, two. Yeah, come on, three. Man, there's a lot of y'all. Well, so like this conversation, they're like, you're just bad people. You're just bad. <laughs> And on one of the comments, they were literally like, hey, if you want to know whether somebody is worthy of dating, like secretly take them grocery shopping and see what they do with the cart. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. I'm like, actually, that's kind of interesting, you know? I'm just kidding. That's not a good one. No. But literally, like, good reputation means there's like a consistent lifestyle. Pick from among you seven people with like good reputation. How do we like, how do we discern like what it is to have a good reputation? If you have a bad reputation, I want to tell you like today can be the start of a brand new day. There's always a start over. Start over today. But I want to talk to you just for a second about good reputation. How do we build a good reputation? I just want to turn to Psalm 37 with you for a second. This is like one of my favorite chapters. It's my decision-making chapter. And one of my favorite verses, Psalm 37, 3, it just says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Leave that up there for a second. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Has anybody ever moved into a neighborhood and you met your neighbors for the first time? Was it awkward? It's just always awkward, right? Like always. One of my neighbors moved in next door and they had just moved in literally. And one day they were walking their dog and I guess they let the leash off. And my wife and I had been outside and she got these giant planters and she had planted these beautiful things in front of the house. And this dog sees my goats and my goat just freaks out and jumps over the fence, like toward the dog. I don't even know what it is. Like it just, he's just blacked out. 
and I have two goats and one jumps out. And so there's this like fiasco that happens where this dog is running around and a goat is running around my house and they're running and they're destroying all the stuff that we just planted. And my wife had these giant planters and my goat knocks them over and breaks them. Like soil is everywhere. And my wife, like, she's not here today. God bless her. Like she cares deeply like about the details. And so it was just like, she saw her work and she was like, I could see it on her face. Like it was like fear, anxiety, worry. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the, the guy was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And like, next thing I know guys, for real, like true story, they moved. Like the next week they were like, we're out of here. We've ruined it. Like we're out. But if you've ever like built a relationship with a neighbor, it takes time. It says, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Like stay there, become a friend with being faithful here. And I just wanna tell you, like if it's awkward to trust the Lord in your life, like just start and then every moment, just like choose to begin to trust him and then do what's right in every single moment. Just like moment by moment, Lord, what would you have me do right here? What's he called you to do right now? And I wanna, inv- I wanna just free you up to say, it's absolutely weird at first. And if you feel weird trusting the Lord and doing what's right, you're not broken, you're normal. But befriend faithfulness, and before you know it, you're going to find yourself somebody who's lived consistently, and people are going to be like, it's the real deal. You just do what's right. You show up, and you stay consistent. And it's not fun, y'all. And I just have two things that I just just want to share about maybe building a good reputation. If you want to build a good reputation, number one, just do do good. Just do good. Just do what God's called you to do right where you are. And then number two, just own your mistakes. Just own them. And here's the beauty of the gospel. Like when we mess up, we know that there's a flesh side of us that's like fallible and problematic at times. And so if somebody comes to you and you're like, you've really done blank. I used to like be kind of defensive but I want to be like, you know, you're probably right, and you don't know the half of it. Like, you don't know the half of the real me. So if you see something in me that needs some, like, improvement, like, you're probably right. Have mercy on me. I'm really sorry about that. Lord, give me grace to move in a different direction today. And just every day, just befriend faithfulness right there. I don't got to protect myself, defend myself. He's going to defend me and show me the right way. So live here, stay in this land. All right, pick among you seven people with good, good reputation. People who've lived in this land, stay in there, trust in the Lord, do them what's right. Therefore, pick out from among you seven men of good, good reputation. Listen to this, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Listen to this. If you see issues in the church, guess what the remedy was for the issue Gifted people full of the Holy Spirit. If you see and are discontent, potentially you are the called remedy for that problem or pain in the church. Let's own it. And my prayer for this passage, guys, I really believe, I believe that he's called us in here. And I believe this message is to prep you to become Stevens in the church, the church of right now. I'm going to call some of you forward to be Stephen. But I, I pray that we build into, like along the journey, build into Stevens for some of us who are just starting the journey. 
And if you're just starting the journey, welcome. Come on in. You're welcome here, okay? We're on a journey together. Let's keep going. All right. Full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. So listen, they chose a man named Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and I don't even know how to pronounce all these names, and and then verse six, these they set before the apostles and they prayed and then they laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase. Look at that. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. There was a breakout because people stepped in and stepped in faith. I want us to recognize the prerequisite for somebody called into the work of ministry, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. You didn't get no PhD, and I'm not knocking on PhDs. I'm not. I'm not. I think it's wonderful to gain knowledge, but that cannot be the only prerequisite. Full of faith? Have you met somebody who's truly filled with faith? I mean, like, so faithful it makes you uncomfortable? In the eyes of understanding people, oftentimes they will make you feel a little bit awkward and fearful because you're like, that person crazy. They're going to do some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? We're going to put him in charge? I mean, he trusts wildly. Like he's going to jump out of a boat and walk on water. You know what I mean? But listen, the earliest church was consumed with the realities of what the scripture called them to. Faith-filled life full of the Holy Spirit. That was their prerequisite. I pray that we become and continue down the road of growing into faith-filled people full of the Holy Spirit that turns this city absolutely upside down. And not just this city. I believe he's going to take us all over the world and not just us in this body. I believe it's like a kingdom movement. And I'm praying that for all the churches around this area as well. Come on. He's going to do it. I know it. All right, the second thing that I want to focus in on as we describe this guy named Stephen, he was full of faith. Full of faith. What does that mean? The faith actually starts with the gospel. So like when we trust the gospel, it's the front door of our faith. Romans 1 says the gospel is the power of God for salvation. It's literally the power of God in a message. And as you receive this message, power can enter your being. God's power can touch your heart and set you free. The word salvation is literally to open prison doors. It's to set you free into the life that you were made for. That's what Garrett's talking about when he's stepping by faith and experiencing freedom. But Romans 1.17 says, For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. One of the commentators says, and he's talking about this word righteousness. Righteousness does not even mean at this point that he makes the sinner a good man. Righteousness means that God treats the sinner as if he had not been a sinner at all. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, 
He promises that he has credited to you as if you had never been a sinner. That is the faith we stand on to walk out our days. Is that the faith that you are building your life upon? When you wake up in the morning, are you stepping forward in the faith going, God, thank you that you've called me. I am not a sinner. I am saved. Not because of me, because of you. Do you see that mentality, how it shifts and how you're already thankful instantly as you wake up? I want to invite you, if you're in Christ, that's your life. You were made to live. Step on in. Now, is faith like, is it given to me or is it like something I work on? And I want to say like faith is both. The scripture talks about faith being given as a measure. And I think it's Romans 13. And I believe some people are given the gift of faith. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. But Paul tells Timothy to fan into flame the gift that God gave him. Literally means like he puts in work to like the, the gift that God's placed within him. Like I put in work to see that thing grow. And I just want to be really honest for a second. I did this for years. And at first when I was like sharing the word and I'm digging in, like it was like life. I'm like, wow, like amazing. And I'm like honored to stand up here and like share the word. And eventually like it's honestly stopped being faith steps to me. And I did this like not in awe anymore. And I believe it just, I got to this place where I was like, why am I experiencing like this? I feel like God is just not here. Like when I'm doing this, like I don't even enjoy it anymore. I don't want to keep doing it. And I've just started praying. I was like, God, I realize I haven't like talked to you much about it. I'm just like functioning in a job. What do you want me to do? And he literally brought into my mind, he says, Jay, what did I call you to do in the first place? And when he first saved me, like when I first like received what I told y'all, I was like, amazing, as if I had never sinned. And if you guys knew me before, like that was earth shattering. I'm the worst. <laughs> like I remember telling people like, listen, like y'all can keep following Jesus, but like I've screwed it up so bad. Like there's no chance, like I can, I can even turn back now. <laughs> like it's that bad. But when he met me in that place and I realized that as if I had never sinned, that was for me to receive. When I received that, it shook me to the point where like, I'm like, I got to tell everybody about this. My friends don't know it. I got to tell them. And I'm going to tell everybody. I started going to parks. I started going everywhere. I'm walking the stream like, yo, do you know Jesus? Like, rocked my world. <laughs> like, I got to tell you about this guy. Slowly but surely, stop doing that. Started doing what like everybody said, this is how you do it from this place. He took me on the street and I went back to the street. And I want to invite any of you guys, you ever want to come on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, I walk the street. I walk the street just to do, I want to dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. I'm going to stay there. God, what would you have me do today? I'm going, whether I like it or not. And listen to me, like Debbie, Peyton, Jake, we walk a lot. I've like never seen him not show up. I've never left and been like, that was a waste of my time. Man, God, I thought you said you'd show up. Like literally every single time, even when I don't even want to be there, I'm like, that's amazing. Lord, how did you? <laughs> and I've got this fresh awe because I'm like, I didn't have a perfect week. The thing's true. And then all of a sudden, guess what? My faith begins to build. Guess what? I'm trusting him a little bit more in my home. 
I can't wait for next week. I can't wait for tomorrow when I go to work with Brian. We're going to see somebody, you know? This guy's praying. He said, I prayed, and I felt like the Lord told me we're going to see somebody in the rain. Everybody's going to be standing in the rain with us. I don't know how he heard it. Just felt like he heard it in prayer. So we go. Sure enough, it starts raining. There's this little old lady. If you're listening to this, you're wonderful and beautiful. Just a little bit older than me. But we go. <laughs> She's not in the room, but she might listen to this because we talked to her. Um, but it starts to rain, and we're standing out there, and she wants to talk. So we're talking, and I'm like, Brian told me we're going to find somebody in the rain today. And I'm like, hey, I think you're the lady I'm supposed to pray for. We start praying, like, I don't understand, like, what it is, the presence of God. I don't understand it, but, like, Lord, I know you've called us to pray for this lady. So we start praying in faith and literally, like, just, like, just like holding back her tears and what it meant to her. And then she began to express to me what had happened to her for years as her husband beat her. She got freed up enough to just reveal her heart. That stuff was in here buried. She'd never told. Comes out. I said, how are you feeling? I feel good. I said, girl, we're going to come back to your house. We're going to worship. So if some of y'all feel led, we're going to go back to her house and we're just going to have a little worship. She, she don't feel comfortable leaving her house, but I believe like God's doing a work. And, and thanks to that step of faith, we stepped in faith and God's moving to create faith in her life. And she's experiencing the King there. And faith is rising in you, Brian. Like I see it building in you. Every time we go out, man, you're praying with people, stepping by faith and God's using you. It's faithful, man. You're an amazing minister. It's awesome. When this guy prays, it's beautiful, man. God does amazing things. But faith is given in a measure in Romans 13. Faith is a spiritual gift in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. But faith is also cultivated by our decisions of obedience. It grows. Stephen had cultivated faith in his life, or it's gifted in a full measure, I don't know, but he'd lived in this land of faithfulness and so the people recognized it and they called this guy forward because he walked in faith. This was the good news that fueled Stephen's life. This good news is meant to fuel every one of our lives. As we receive it, so go. So go, experience the king. As you experience the king, you're gonna build. And as you build, I promise you, everybody around you is gonna be like, that's different. I wanna be a part of that. Let's go get that. I believe that's what he's going to do in this church. The third thing and the last thing that I want to focus in on, full of the Holy Spirit, last but definitely not least, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. I got a picture for you guys. This is the new addition to my farm. Yes, more chickens. My older chicken that I never put in a hen house has vanished and comes back every two days. She lives in the woods. We call her Fitty because she, she's survival of the fittest. She's like living forever by herself and she's ride or die, you know what I mean? Harder than Fitty. So <laughs> you see this little runt of a chicken back here. Bam, we can come up. And uh, this little runt of a chicken I have, uh, forgot that one's name. Oh, it's back up. Let's back up just in case we need a backup. You know what I mean? 
the runt, so my kids named it Backup. And so I look over the other day, and, uh, and Will, my, my uh, almost two-year-old, has backup, and it's like death grip squeeze. You know, like in the cartoons where, like, the eyes are popping out of the creature? Like, I'm dead serious. Like, that's what I looked over. I was like, Will, put, put it down. Like, put that little guy down. Like, he's going to not be okay. Stop. And he was, like, so disappointed. He's like, nah, man. Like, nah, I want this thing. I want it. I want backup so bad, I'm going to crush him. <laughs> and Will's almost two, can't say a word, you know, don't even say like nothing, but like, he can, mm. 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 You know what I mean? Like, mm. Do something, Dad. Finally, I got him to let him go, but man, like, Will was for sure that the best thing in his life was to hold on to a little backup. Like, squeeze him as hard as he could. It's the best thing in his life. It's going to be great. Little did you know, if he keeps squeezing back up, he ain't going to have backup, you know? You're going to have backup long. But it is not good for you to squeeze back up. Stop squeezing back up. And back up, you know? Stop. But as I thought about that story, I really thought about, like, I, what I just want to speak personally in my life. I remember... I remember before I like surrendered to Jesus, I remember my life feeling like that. I'm like holding on with everything I can to my person that I've created. Like all my ego, my persona, what people thought, me. And literally Garrett is like perfect description of like when you, when you can't actually hold it together any longer. Jay, your story as well. It's like when I can't hold it on any longer, I actually begin to believe I'm not enough for this thing called life. And he finally gets me to the moment where I realize I'm not enough to hold it together. And I'm like, God, are you good enough to hold me together if I let go of this? And I'm telling you, when I let go of like the, the me that I had created and I trusted him to be who he said he was gonna be, just let go of my ego, let go of my pride, not holding on to it anymore. It's not my life. I'm not big enough to hold it together. You might be. And literally, like, those are my, like, you might be. I don't even know. But like the littlest faith I got, I'm like stepping, I'm like, I'm letting go. And when you let go of the thing that you're trying to hold on to with all of your might, you will discover that he's faithful. But it's a faith step of letting go first. Let go. When you let go of the things that you're trying to so desperately control, he will meet you in the place of maybe what you feel like is uncontrol. I want to invite us maybe into the first step of faith or a more fuller faith. Is there a thing in your life that you're holding on to that he's invited you not to be holding on to because he's invited you to hold on to him. Him. Listen, it's just him. It's just him. You're like, well, that's not enough. I promise you it is. And we didn't, we passed over a word of wisdom, but when you think about wisdom, the Bible really points us to the reality you will gain wisdom when you realize you need wisdom. If you think you have wisdom, you do not. If you realize you're not wise, 
then wisdom will come from above and he wants to give you his spiritual wisdom. What I'm speaking to you sounds crazy to some of us, but it's spiritual wisdom that revealed in the person of Jesus. Today, you should have got a blank sheet of paper. If you didn't, imagine you got one, okay? I'm sorry. I was a little bit late today. And I want to read you something. I just want you to look at it. If you've doodled on it, turn to the blank side and look at the blank side for a second. Listen to this for a second. The Holy Spirit will not break doors down. He'll knock at the door of your heart. He's gentle and kind. He'll knock at the door of your heart. Maybe he's been knocking at the door of your heart and inviting you to let go of backup. (laughs) I invite you to let go of backup today. He wants to come in and share a meal with you and be the closest friend you've ever experienced. I read a letter that Jim sent me from a missionary in Southeast Asia. They wrote this, and I have for you a piece of paper that I invite you to put by your bedside, put it in the car, just as a reminder. This is what she wrote, or he wrote. There's no name to it. Surrender is like this. In your morning quiet time, God prompts you to take out a blank sheet of paper. With anticipation, you pull it out and you grasp your pen. You're ready to write for God is speaking. Next, he says, my child, this is the contract for the day. Sign the contract at the bottom of the page. You look at the blank sheet. Nervously, you respond, okay, father, I'll sign it. Uh, but what are the terms of the contract? (laughs) The page is blank. Would you fill it out so I can sign it? Your father pauses, and then in his gentle voice, he says, my child, I'm not gonna tell you ahead of time. Would you just sign it? And then I'll fill in every single detail for you. Total surrender does not include negotiations. He goes on to say, that we have to sign this blank contract every single day. You can say every single moment if you want. We cannot be filled with the Spirit until we are emptied of ourselves. This life is not beyond you, church. It's not beyond you. You haven't done enough for it to pass you by. He's that kind of good. And he wants to meet you in the place of surrender. And I promise you, he will. And then when he does, Your faith is going to build to the point where you're like, he does. I got to tell somebody because he showed up for me. Some of us don't believe he's that good. He's that kind of good. And if you'll sign the contract every morning and just invite him to do anything he wants to do and then invite him to open your eyes to see who he's placed in your path. Invite him to send you to anybody. Invite him to do whatever he wants to do. And then here's what I always pray in the morning. Holy Spirit, come upon me for the work of your ministries you've called me to today. And you will experience just the favor of God just right there. But I want nothing else in this life other than the King. And I say that by just God's grace, not in arrogance, 
but I've walked this road long enough. I don't want nothing else. Nothing else feels this good. I did all the drugs. Nothing. Done everything. Nothing. He's that kind of good. And he's that kind of good for you. 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 And as our faith builds, we see the power of the Holy Spirit come. Would you visit the truth every single day? Would you talk to God in faith? And would you connect others to him? That's my invitation today. And uh, I believe that one of the guys who is um, gift of faith is Ja. Come on, man. I believe I've seen this guy operate in the gift of faith, like he's gifted in faith. I'll say it to, I say it to boost him up. Yeah, I do, but I just want to build you up and want to see God do in your life, man. And um, I asked him just to sing a song over us, and I pray that you receive this song uh, first by faith. And as you receive the song, then I pray that we would step in and participate in the song. And so he's going to say, I speak the name of Jesus over you. I speak the name of Jesus over you. I speak the name of Jesus over you. And then when we receive Jesus upon and in and through us, the Holy Spirit come, then I want to be sent to somebody who I'm speaking the name of Jesus over you. And I believe that he's raised up and he's called forward Stevens in this room. And I believe he's cultivating a life of that faith-filled Stephen-esque kind of person to be raised up for the future days of this church because as we continue to grow, it gets more complex, it gets more challenging, problems arise, enemy attacks. He's preparing us for work of ministry. And beyond that, I believe he's sending us to a city that's in desperate need of him, desperate need of Jesus. Receive this song over us by faith. And then would you stand and just begin to proclaim this name as he brings names to your mind over this city.